Retirement from her professional career has not kept today's guest away from the soccer pitch. From being a key player in the 2015 World Cup win to winning three Olympic gold medals on the U.S. women's national team, she now serves as a sports analyst, the only female coach at her alma mater, and a new mom. Listen to learn more about how our guest has remained dedicated to the sport, how she feels about the coaching dynamics in women's soccer, and how becoming a mother has enhanced her coaching experience and love for the game. Hi, welcome to this episode of Bench. This is your host, Jules Makia, with the most exciting guest, Heather O'Reilly. Heather, thank you so much for joining us. Wow, the most exciting. That's a lot of pressure. I don't know if I'm <laughs> up for that. I'll try to bring the heat, but thank you for having me, Jules. I, I, I'm appreciative of being asked and I'm loving what you guys are doing here. Um, I wish it was a resource that I had when I was a student athlete here at Carolina. So very happy to, to help you guys and, and the current students. Yeah, so I'm super stoked to have Heather. She was an idol for me growing up. I played soccer. Um, I actually met her last year at a Forever Tar Heels event and literally fangirled. Um, so that was embarrassing. But um, just having you here today to enlighten everyone on your experiences and this next part of your career, I think is going to be so awesome. So thank you again. I don't even remember the fangirl moment. So uh, I, I don't think that you should lose too much sleep over that. Yeah, I think maybe I held it in better. But on the inside, I was like screaming. Um, but for those of you that don't know, Heather O'Reilly is an extremely accomplished soccer player, a former Tar Heel, um, catch me where I'm wrong, a national champion, an Olympian, um, a World Cup gold medalist. Like, give us all of your big moments in, in, in a minute if you can. Mm, you nailed most of them. I think the big one is that I was part of the U.S. World Cup winning team in 2015. Um, I was also a silver medalist and a bronze medalist at World Cup as well, but we did get that gold in 15 and uh, had a little bit more luck on the Olympic side with three Olympic gold medals. So um, played with the U.S. national team for a long, long time and just retired um, from soccer about two years ago. And along with playing with the U.S. team, I, of course, was a Tar Heel. Um, from 2003 to 2006, we were able to win my freshman year and my senior year. So that was excellent. And of course, you know, in between there, some professional titles along the way. Um, but yeah, the, the game's been a huge part of my life. And now I am coaching at the University of North Carolina uh, as assistant coach for the women's soccer team. So happy to be back. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure they're ecstatic to have you back. I wanted to know just what was you know, a favorite or a most proud moment that you had? Uh, I mean, I'm lucky to say that there's like a, a few different moments that really stick out that it's, it's hard to pinpoint the singular one. But I think there was a few. And uh, one in particular was going out on top at Carolina. Uh, we won the national championship when I was a senior and it was just over in Cary. So it almost felt as if it was like a home game. And, you know, we came back and had the most fun celebration. It was just the best. Um, so to win your last game of college, you know, athletics, like was such a dream come true. And we did so with a team that was quite young. Uh, Tobin Heath is a name that a lot of people might remember. She uh, was a freshman when I was a senior. So I felt great about uh, leading that really talented young group of players um, that year. So that was fantastic. The other 
moment that really stands out in my career was um, in the 2012 Olympics, which we went on to win gold, and that was in London. Um, so as a soccer player, it was very cool because we played in all these very historic, well-known stadiums um, like Manchester United's venue called Old Trafford or Wembley Stadium, which is based in London, which is like just the epicenter for, for football. And so we had all these really cool um, environments to play in. But in the semifinal match against Canada, I maybe had one of my most favorite plays that I was able to take part in. I came off the bench that game, which clearly is, is a hard role for anybody. You know, you want to be starting, you want to be out from the beginning of the game. But I was able to come off the bench and um, without touching the ball too many times before then, it was the really the last sort of moments of this match. And I was able to uh, put a cross into Alex Morgan, who headed it home against Canada in this very epic back back and forth match um, that was 3-3 until I got inserted into the game. And we went on to win 4-3. And then, of course, we went on to win the Olympic gold medal. So uh, that moment sticks out in my head just because it was sort of a moment of adversity. I was essentially yanked from the starting lineup and was super disappointed. Um, and it was a very emotional game. So I was very proud of myself that I was able to like stay composed and, and be a good teammate and contribute to this really huge moment in American soccer that I know that I had done my preparation for. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think like moving forward to like, how have you brought all of these experiences into coaching and what made you want to say, you know, I might've retired from soccer, but I'm going to keep being involved in the game for forever? Yeah, no, it's a great question because a lot of my peers and um, a lot of former athletes sometimes want to do something completely different, want to have, you know, another challenge or maybe they, they, it hurts them to have to be around the game because they miss it so much. And, and there's certainly days that I feel the same that, you know, I just love playing the game of soccer. And so, uh, you know, obviously there comes to be a point in, in most people's lives when you have to hang up the boots. And, uh, you know, I just got into my mid to late thirties and it was just sort of time to, to move on to other things. But that being said, I still just love being on the pitch and what better way to, to do that than to be coaching some of the next generation of players. So uh, as much as I miss it, I think that it's better for me to be, you know, being out there and, and being able to teach this, uh, this next generation of players what I learned. And I think that the really interesting thing about my journey is that, well, one, I was really in it for like a long, long time. And, you know, Jules from, from following my career, I mean, I made the national team when I was 17 years old. Um, so I was essentially with the program for 15 years, um, pretty much half my life. And I saw, you know, I played with people like Mia Hamm on the team. And then I played with you know, young stars like Alex Morgan, like Mallory Pugh, these players that are coming through now. So I really spanned a lot of generations. So I feel as if I'm like an important voice for people um, that are coming through now because I sort of know what it takes and I know where the game has been and I know where the game is going and I know what it takes to, to, to get there. And I think that, you know, the players now obviously respect uh, my voice because it takes a, a certain individual to have that kind of uh, impact and longevity uh, at the highest level for so long. So yeah, I want to be able to um, to help these players develop. I think that's a lot of college soccer, to be honest. It's yes, do we want to win ACC 
rings do we want to win games do we want to win national championships no doubt but there's a core group of players on unc and that's why unc is such a fabulous program um that have aspirations even post-college that want to play professionally that want to try to crack in and play on the national team and i just think it's a really cool um and important responsibility to be the one to to help these players along yeah Another question I had for you too, I know we've discussed it in the past, but I think it's a very relevant topic, especially for this podcast, um, being a female empowerment podcast related to sports. But do you think it's important for more women to get involved in coaching in general, whether that's men or women, uh, coaching men or women? And um, as as we know, in like the division one level, even across um, two and three, and just in general, there's not a lot of there's more men coaching women's teams than women coaching women's teams. And then on the other side of it, there's not many women coaching men's teams. So, you know, getting into coaching, is that something that that, that's important to you to bring more representation to the game? I think so. I I think, you know, a lot of people talk the talk and we say that there's not enough women in the game and I've been hearing that forever. And so I'm kind of like, well, let's, coach then like let's do it like this is a problem let's do it and it's not to like prove a point or anything it's just because I I I want to coach so I think that you're absolutely right in soccer uh, there's about 70 percent of division one women's soccer coaches uh are men um so that means only 30 percent of coaching our own our own women's side are female coaches and then you know there's essentially none on on the men's side the NYU coach of the men's side is actually a female, which is pretty cool, but there definitely should be a lot more than that. It should be pretty normal by now, considering yeah. it's 2021. Yeah, maybe the possibility is out there that I would coach the men's side. I don't think it's out of the question. Um, I think it is interesting when I consider getting into coaching, pretty much the immediate response is, oh, that's fantastic. Like so many young girls need role models like you. And, you know, when I hear that, you know, I, I think like, okay, yes, they do. Um, but so do boys and so do men, uh, so do women. So I think it is kind of interesting how I was pegged or at least like assumed that I would be a coach for, for women's soccer when, um, yeah, clearly I'm, I'm capable of at least giving it a go on the men's side. Yeah, uh, clearly you definitely are. I think you have a fair share of accomplishments to back up your abilities. Um, But yeah, I think it's just super interesting. I think a lot of times like there's a lot of talk for inclusivity and like uh, diversity in sports specifically, but there's not always a lot of like action that follows it. Um, And I feel like you see that at every level, but then, you know, in college too, you see that you're like, wow, like there's a lot of men everywhere, like in coaching, um, in the athletic departments, you know, it's, it's like a broader issue, I think amongst college sports and I'm sure amongst professional sports as well. So just having people that are kind of, you know, on the front lines, changing it like yourself, I think it's really inspiring and awesome. I wanted to know too, um, not only are you being a coach now, but you're also still being a sports analyst. How is it balancing both what do you enjoy about being a sports analyst? Um, what has it been like? Yeah, well, um, I think, you know, probably a lot of student athletes can, can agree that sometimes because of sport and because of our commitment and our drive and pretty much our lack of 
time sometimes, or maybe we just use it as an excuse, but we didn't, I, I didn't have too many opportunities to sort of put my, you know, feet in the water and different things to just kind of try different avenues. Um, so clearly after I finished playing, um, I knew I was interested in coaching, but I also was drawn to TV stuff, you know, commentary or punditry, perhaps having a podcast, all that kind of stuff uh, was really interesting to me. I, I, I liked uh, the thrill of it, I guess. I liked, you know, especially when that live camera comes on, I felt like there was a lot of alignment actually as being a professional athlete, because when you're on live television, like there's no do-overs, you have to show up for the big games. Uh, you have to perform under pressure. You have to be quick on your feet. You have to shake off mistakes. So it, it, it's been a lot of fun for me. And I was able to be the lead analyst for the 2019 Women's World Cup that was held in Paris. So I was able to spend about five weeks in Paris with the Eiffel Tower in the background. And I got to talk about uh, the game that I love. So uh, a ton of fun. And again, like coaching, it's using my passion for the sport, but just in a little bit of a different way. So I think that that's really important for, for young student athletes to realize that once your time is done in the sport, there's a ton that you can do in that sport um, after you're done. So um, I've learned that, you know, I'm just closed the chapter of being a professional player, um, but I'll always be a soccer player. Always, always. Uh, I'll always play pickup. I'll always find reasons to be around the game. So when you think about it like that, it wasn't as much of a sort of dramatic end when I was all done with my playing career. And who knows, at, at some point I may pick one avenue more than, more than the other to spend my time on. But at this point, I really enjoy both. So I'll continue with both. Yeah, it's funny you said that too. I saw um, the UNC Women's Soccer post that you literally did the beep test for fun. Like that was so funny to me. Like I used to, you know, do it myself, like playing soccer. And I was like, she is dedicated. Like as a coach, like that's so respectable. Like if my coach was sitting there like running a beep test or like for me rowing, like doing a 2K right next to me while I was doing mine, I would be so hype. Like I thought that was so funny. Oh, um, thanks. Well, yeah, I mean, one, you, you do miss that kind of stuff. Although it's like brutal when you're doing it. I think that, you know, you do miss that you miss the grind. You miss doing something that's challenging alongside your teammates. There is so much camaraderie that sort of comes from that. And, and, and to be honest, those are the stories that you talk about like 10 years from now. It's like, oh my gosh, remember that fitness day? That was so hard. And yeah. this happened and that happened. I mean, it brings people together. So um, there's that. And, and, and to be honest, like when you're not um, required to do things anymore, it's hard to motivate yourself. So I'm a very motivated person, but sometimes you need yeah. somebody to like blow the whistle, say, get on the line, do this, do that. So that's why I kind of in a weird way, like the beep test. Cause I'm like, listen, this is going to be the most intense, like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Um, but I know I'm going to get a really good workout. And somebody's telling me basically like run. So yeah, I'll do that. If, if, if that was my workout for the day. And if I was able to inspire the girls along the way, that's an added benefit. Yeah, that actually makes me laugh. Last season, like right before everything got canceled and like we knew we were about to go home, our coach hopped in one of the boats and he started doing pieces with us. And I, we like literally loved him for this. Like everybody was hyping him up. We, you know, get to the dock and we get off the boats and this man like runs into the forest and starts throwing up. And like to this day, it's like one of our team's like favorite stories because we're like, he... You know, it was like, let's go, like got in a boat 
and he started stroking the boat. So, like, there was, like, seven people following him, but then he got sick after. So, it's just, like you said, it's, like, one of those stories, like, you'll just never forget. And it was, like, one of those moments that, like, goes down in history of uh, just being hilarious. The next thing I really wanted to talk about, because I think it's so important, is following your career, you, you know, started a family. And I just wanted to know, like, being an athlete... What was the challenges like with your personal life? Like how did you balance like when you wanted to have kids, if you wanted to wait till after your career, during your career, what's the whole story behind that? And what was it like? Yeah. So, um, my husband and I were married, um, let's see, gosh, what year is it? I should probably know that 2011. (laughs) So we've been married a little, a little while now, but for, for some reason from a really young age, I always just sort of had it in my mind and everybody's different, but I had it in my mind that I was going to do my athletic career for a long time. And as long as I could, as long as my body, mind, and soul were, were in it. Um, and then I was going to move on, um, and, and, and likely start a family, but, uh, you know, some of my peers have definitely intertwined the two had babies and come back. You know, we see Alex Morgan is currently doing that right now. Uh, Sydney LaRue is another, uh, player that player, uh, that people might know. Uh, has had actually two children have come back and there's been a handful of others in women's soccer that have proven that you can do it Um, but for me I just I guess I just thought that I was like a little bit too selfish or focused to be able to sort of share my mind uh, and and I gave my whole self I think to to soccer to football Um, and I, I wasn't confident that I would be able to to do both really well. I wasn't sure that I would be able to be a wonderful mom and a wonderful soccer player. If you hear a baby crying in the background, uh, that's well, he's fine. Um, <laughs> he's right in the room right now. So, um, and, and yeah, I was worried about that. And so, yeah, from, a, from a, an early age, I just, I didn't want to mix the two. That being said, I look back now and after I've had Will and I'm actually like pretty confident that I, you know, I could have come back uh, physically. I feel pretty good, um, better than I think that I would have, you know, it, it takes some time clearly to, um, to, you know, get your body back after giving birth. But yeah, I think that, you know, in hindsight, maybe I could have done it. Maybe I could have had, had the baby uh, a lot younger and come back and, and played, played some more uh, football, but um as of now, he's just out on the sideline with me coaching the girls and uh, we'll probably, you know, hopefully at some point add another member to the clan. And so, yeah, I'll have my squad with me and they're on the sidelines of UNC women's soccer games. And actually, I was just had to take Will yesterday to practice. Usually we have a babysitter, so it's like not, not an issue. But yesterday um, I had him. So I took him to practice and Brianna Pinto and Rachel Jones saw were that, dancing. Yeah. Yeah, they were dancing with him. I said, please give him some rhythm because he definitely doesn't get it at home. So uh, it's so fun for, for me to be able to take him around the girls and just let him meet different people. And I think it's really cool for the players too. I mean, even if they don't realize it, I do think that it's important for them to see me, um, to see me have a family, but still be very driven in what I want to accomplish. And, and just know that like, there is a, there is a way to do it uh, if, if you want to do something there, there's a way to, to make it happen. So I think as females sometimes too, and and maybe this was just me, but I was very nervous of having a baby because 
I just thought it would like take away from me. Like I wouldn't be like, I would just, just be a mom. And I would sort of lose my identity a little bit. And, and it was a real fear, I think, um, for me. But in the end, I think I, now that I have the story to tell, I don't think it takes away from me at all. Um, I just think it adds another layer and another level of, of complexity and empathy to me. Well, I think that's like so amazing what you said too. And I think it relates outside of sport too, because I sometimes think like women have this pressure on them that like, if you have a baby, it's going to take away from your career and you're, you know, sitting here telling people, no, it's not, it's going to add this extra layer. And I think that's so wonderful that you're saying that, like being a young woman myself and like looking years down the road, I'm like, wow, like that's scary. Like I want to be able to focus on my career and not worry about that. But that's so reassuring. Um, something I also picked out that you said that I thought was so interesting was you use the word selfish. You're like, maybe I was selfish, but it's so unfair in my opinion that like that thought even crosses your mind because what male athlete really has to take, you know, so much time off of their sport to become a parent. Like, yes, they can take like paternity leave, but they're not the one who has to necessarily recover from giving birth and then, you know, make it back into their sport. So I think such a tough thing to deal with. Like as a woman, you face all these different challenges and being an athlete, you know, can really impact that too. Cause then there's not only the work component, but then there's the physical shape component, which after giving birth, you know, is, is really tough. So I think your advice is really awesome. And like, is very um, inspiring to younger people like myself who are, you know, not even planning to play professionally, but just like knowing that I think is really awesome. Yeah, you, you can have it all. And and I think, um, you know, at, at some points, I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm the best coach I would want to be right now. I wouldn't say I'm the best media pundit. But and I wouldn't say that I'm maybe the best mom, because I spend, you know, some significant time away from will and, and do my things. But like, I think that that sort of balance actually is so healthy. And over the long term, I think uh, will allow me to be the very best um, that I can be. Yeah, that's so awesome. Um, <laughs> a, a funny question, but you know, being so successful yourself, what has it been like to have a young one? Like, do you worry about um, the fact that they're growing up with a mom who literally like is the goat? Like, how are they going to ever live up to you? Or like, you know, do you imagine will will play soccer and like what will that be like for you? Oh well, I've. I've actually never thought about what you just said, like the pressures that he will have. Um, that's really interesting. And, and maybe it is actually because he's a boy that I've never thought about it, um, which actually is like a weird, uh, I think that I was sort of um, playing into society's gendering uh, there for a second. But, um, oh, here he is crawling and saying hello. <laughs> oh, he wants to say hi. I'm just really hopeful that he doesn't, it doesn't turn him off. Like if he loves sports and he loves soccer, which I hope that he does. I hope that the fact that I played at a high level isn't um, a deterrent because I know for a lot of kids that can be. So we, I want to make sure that I introduce him to the game in a way that, that just makes his heart on fire with, with love for himself. And uh, I'm sure that my husband, Dave, will try to get a lacrosse stick in his hand because Dave played lacrosse and ice hockey actually growing up in Canada. 
So there'll be a little bit of battle, but um, we're of course gonna try to make it seem like it was Will's idea, which which sport he gets into. Um, but I, I I hope that he plays soccer. I think that that will be you know so much fun for me. But um, you know you never know, and we might have a little. He just did his first uh, painting the other day, so we might have Aww. an artist on our hand, a little mini mini Picasso here. Aw, so cute. Well, I want to give you some time back in your day, so I'll definitely like uh, shorten the questions here and just ask um, two small or two small uh, little ones left. But what advice do you have for you know young soccer players, young athletes, and also just young women? Working hard is cool, and what I mean by that is I think especially like when you're a teenager or middle school girls and boys sometimes it's not like seen as cool to work hard because you want to be like the jokester you, you want to sit in the back of class or you don't want to like make it seem like you're giving your all because for some reason that's like not cool I think part of my like persona through the years has like tried to prove to people it's like it's okay to like put yourself out there to be like super vulnerable and just be like I'm trying my best at this. I'm going for it. This is a big dream of mine. I want to let everybody know it. And I'm going to work my ass off to get there. And I think that um, that, that would be the first thing that I would do is, is just know, own it, own it, own your dreams. You don't have to hide them. You don't have to conceal them. And I would say to find people in your life that actually feel the same way, because um, clearly it's, it's a lot easier to go on those journeys with somebody else uh, or a group of friends that, that will help nudge you if they know that you're on the wrong path or if, they, if your values aren't aligning with your actions at that point. So uh, yeah, so find your people and, uh, and just like own your, own your dreams and say them out loud and, and don't be bashful about them. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, last quick question. Do you have a fun fact or something no one knows outside of Heather O'Reilly, the soccer player, and now coach? Man. Well, speaking about like being like very open, uh, I don't have that many secrets, sadly. Um, I am an owner of a restaurant. That's kind of interesting. The Carolina Coffee Shop on Franklin Street. That's Some awesome. of you guys might know that. Of course. But yes, I uh, I am a proud owner of the Carolina Coffee Shop, and that is kind of like a fun hobby that I've learned a lot about the restaurant industry <laughs> and and things like that. But what started as sort of like a fun thing for friends to do together, um, we started just throwing around emails like, "Hey, we should try to save the Carolina Coffee Shop. I heard it's going under." And uh, one thing led to another, and we did exactly that. And and year after year, we've been making, you know, small improvements, but UNC is clearly a place that means a lot to me and, and my group of friends, my husband, and we wanted to, um, you know, to, to keep a tradition, uh, this, this hundred year old restaurant and keep it alive for the future. So I guess that's kind of uh, interesting and different that I am a, uh, that I'm an owner of a coffee shop. Well, I just wanted to say thank you. Like, I know you're super busy and thank you, Will, too, for letting us talk to your mom for a little bit. But um, I just wanted to end with this. Um, you inspired me. And I remember, you know, when I talked to you at the Forever Tar Heels event, you said something that like totally stuck with me. Um, I don't even know if you know this, but 
so you said like I came up to you and I was like you know I used to come watch you play like you inspired me to be an athlete and you know I'm a Tar Heel now you know I love it here and you're like yeah I mean now you're doing the same thing for other people and I just like never thought about it that way and so you know I hope that this podcast can reach some people even outside of Carolina and just like inspire you and make you know make you know like you can do anything like look at Heather look at all she's doing she you know had a wonderful career is now moving into a different part of her her career and you know doing it all being a mom being a coach um working on the broadcasting side so you know thank you for all you've done for the sport and for you know inspiring young athletes like myself um and, and it was an honor to talk to you today so thank you yeah, not a problem. Thanks for sharing that. I think one of the most important things that I've learned, which is relevant to, to what you guys do at Uncut, is even if you can start to say, like, I'm a, I'm an athlete or I'm a soccer player, or, I'm a rower, to just say, like, I'm a human being who happens to be very good at soccer. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Heather. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Bench. This has been your host, Jules Makia, and our wonderful guest, Heather O'Reilly. Want to share your story? Whether you prefer to share on a podcast, in a video, on a panel, or in a written blog, we cannot wait to hear from you. Just go to uncutchapelhill.com. That's uncutchapelhill.com. Click get involved and then share your story. Amplifying your voice has never been so easy.